What's up, folks? That's AJ Riley. I'm Matt Basson. Welcome to Shooting Straight. Before we dive right in, usual and stuff entails. Follow us, like, subscribe wherever you can find us. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, full apps on YouTube. We're coming to TikTok soon. I'm going to keep saying that until we actually get a TikTok, AJ. The Real <laughs> Detroit Sports Nation on TikTok. That hey, is we have a TikTok. As of today, the Real <laughs> Detroit Sports Nation on TikTok. We are there. We promise. Excellent. Excellent. So, AJ, we... Had a whole show planned. We had everything in order. We we're going to talk March Madness. And then we was going to talk about baseball free agency. And then we were going to talk about the red on for Tiger. Also have my Sunday red on for my Arizona Wildcats. And we're going to get to all that. But apparently my red is not Sunday red. It's not Arizona Wildcat red. Apparently it is Buccaneer red because Tom Brady decides to one up the selection show Lord afterwards. Everyone's talking college basketball. And Tom Brady says, Guess who's back? Back again. Don't sue us, Eminem. <laughs> no, don't, and no royalties. But, yeah, I mean, goodness gracious. Could you imagine, like, in the middle of the March Madness selection show being like, you know what's a good idea? Why don't I announce that I'm coming back for my 23rd oh, NFL season? Like, but idea. if there's anybody. Great idea. If there's anybody that can get away with it, it's Tom Brady. Well, and, it is Tom I Brady. Mean, news of his last touchdown. Just sold for over five hundred thousand at auction. Well, ain't his last touchdown no more. <laughs> no, it's not. No, it's not. So, I mean, goodness gracious. I mean, what does this mean for the NFL landscape? What does this mean for the NFC? I mean, this is huge news because the Buccaneers probably were thinking, "Oh, we've got to go a certain direction now in this draft," mm -hmm. and now they have another year to kind of. Reevaluate, re-strategize, go after another Super Bowl. Does that mean that they keep Gronk? Right? I mean, there's there's oh, yeah. now all of these new questions that have come up that it's like, what in the world did he just do? My man just literally dropped a bomb. Literally just dropped a bomb that has just like obliterated any type of strategy the Buccaneers were going with. Oh, the Bucks don't need no strategy, they're no. good. They're bringing yeah. everybody back. That defense is coming back. That defense, they're hoping, will stay healthy this time around because the secondary had horrible health issues throughout the year. Yeah, Got to figure out running back because I doubt they can afford Leonard Fournette to have him come back, and I really don't like Ronald Jones. But they already franchised tag Chris Godwin. They, they got did. Mike yeah. Evans. Yeah. This is going to stop Gronk from going to Buffalo. I guarantee it. He's going to come back and play for Tom Brady. Yeah. They have all the weapons. There's no reason – to panic for Tampa Bay, nothing but celebrate right now down in Tampa Bay. The draft is a draft. You will figure out what you need for the future, but you are back to win now mode because sure. the modern era goat is back. The modern era goat or oh, yeah. just the goat, man? No, no, no. The I modern mean, era goat. Uh, I don't know. He's <laughs> the goat. He is the goat. Yeah. It, it's nice playing in an era of football where the quarterback can't be touched basically built around rules for him but still at the same time he's the goat right if, and if, if this I era mean, happened in the 80s joe montana doesn't miss half his years with injuries because they can't touch him okay i still think i'm taking tom brady what what's interesting to me is okay actually i'm gonna play a little like maybe a little role play see how you saw this playing out do you think that he was in contact with them, or do you think he was just like, I'm Tom Brady, and if I want to come back, I'm coming back? 
I think he was in contact with him, and I'll tell you why. You didn't hear the Bucks going hard for Deshaun Watson. Sure. I've heard nothing about the Bucks really trying hard for a Deshaun Watson who, you know, look, some say what you want. People think he's great. Some people think he's not great. Whatever. He's the big name quarterback that's available right now that people right. think are available. You never heard the Bucks. So I feel based off of that alone, Tom Brady was in talks with his team about the fact that he's not sold 100% on retiring. No, he's not. And the only thing that I like worry about is what if he just doesn't have it in the tank for this season? I really do worry about that. I mean, did you see something I didn't see this past year? He led the league in touchdowns. Sure. Led the league in offense. Okay. But he's also going to be a year older. So my question is. No, he's like, not. A normal human might be a year older. <laughs> okay. Tom Brady's actually getting younger. Have you seen him? That man started ugly and turned handsome. Don't know how the heck that happened. <laughs> and he has looked better. We got to get on that TV 12 program. My man. Decade before. We got to get on that TV 12 program because what's working here. Yeah, give me some of that avocado ice cream. I guess. But, but do you know what I'm saying? Like. Those athletes that are that have been at the top of competition for so long, and then they hold on for like a year too long, right? Mm-hmm. Like Ben Roethlisberger, and I know that there's no comparison between Ben Roethlisberger and Tom Brady, but like my man should have been body. done. No, my man should have been done like three, four years ago, right? Um, we're kind of seeing it in Detroit with Miggy, right? Like these athletes yeah. that are great. But they hang on just a little too long. And I know that that NFC Championship game probably has eaten at Tom Brady every day since it's ended. Uh, Divisional game, you mean? Was it the divisional game? Yeah, the Rams and the Niners were the NFC Championship game this year. That's right. You're correct. My bad. My apologies. Uh, The divisional game. It's been so long ago. I can barely remember. I know, right? Lots happened since then. There has been a lot that's happened since then, especially in the sports world itself. But, yeah, the NFC Divisional game, right? Like, you know that that has eaten at them or at him probably every day. And then you've got Schefter prematurely announcing his retirement, mm-hmm. right? Not even in control of his own narrative. Yeah, and then, like, Tom's like, okay, Adam, here we go. I'm coming back, right? I just, man. It's going to be interesting. I hope I hope for Tom Brady's sake that he has at least one more, you know, top five year in him. Do I think he does? Yeah, I do. I asked that question as a devil's advocate because I'm like, I just don't want to see him on the downside of the other side of the mountain. Right. You, don't, you, know yeah, I mean? you, don't, you don't want to see him, you know, as I mean, even though he played great for the for his age, Michael Jordan with the Wizards. You know, wasn't Michael Jordan on the Bulls? Precisely. Willie Mays on the Mets was not Willie Mays of the Giants. Giants. But we and we can deep dive this another time because we got way too many topics tonight to go through. But I will say this on your fear of Tom Brady and the age situation. There are two athletes, I think, right now that take care of their body. And I see that I say mainstream athletes that take care of their body better than anybody else. And it's Tom Brady and it's LeBron James. Yeah. And focus is on flexibility more than its strength. Yeah. And I think that plays a big factor in Tom Brady being this durable and being this good still at this late stage of his career. And endurance, right? Like that whole like muscle endurance aspect, like that, that's a big thing when it comes to 
you know, that longevity. And we know, like, he's more of a robot than he is a human. So he probably will be fine and will probably lead the league in touchdowns again next year, especially with that cast of characters that you said that you have already mentioned, right? Like people were wondering if Tom's gone, is Chris uh, Godwin sticking around, right? Now they franchise tagged him, so he didn't have yeah, a choice. Yeah, he had no choice. Right? Is Gronk staying around? Well, now those two answers are kind of answered for you, right? Like mm-hmm. they'll be around and they will be the same team. And, they're going to be right back to where they were. Just got to shore up that run game. Just got to shore up that run game. And, I mean, I know they're down on Ronald Jones because he fumbles the ball, but, I mean, he got them to those playoffs when Leonard Fournette was hurt two years ago. I know because he was on my fantasy team, Mm -hmm. right? But who knows? Maybe that's where they go in the draft, right? It's definitely Now that they don't have to go quarterback. Now that they don't have to go quarterback, they can go – running back and and make something happen all right what was going to be our show opener was going to be michigan state and michigan both making the ncaa tournament michigan yeah. state for the 24th straight time they are mm-hmm. the seventh seed in the west taking on their former teammate foster lawyer and the mm-hmm. davidson wildcats of steph curry fame and if they move on to the second round they have duke most likely in the second round so we might get one more Izzo shashevsky battle before Krzyzewski actually retires. And Krzyzewski's going to go 0-3 against Izzo, if I'm not correct, in the last three, and then he's going to really get sent off with a bad taste in his yep. mouth? From your that's, lips to God's ears. <laughs> that's the plan, right? Like, yeah. that's the plan? Okay. Your Wolverines made it a little scary to some. Others thought they were in no matter what. Some had them on the bubble. Some had them last four buys. Yeah, uh, they did get in. They are the 11 seed in the South. They are taking on six seed Colorado State. This is a great matchup for the Wolverines. And Ryan and I on on throwing stones will do a much deeper dive into both of these battles than AJ and I will do for you right now. For sure, I just like the selection process. Like I know they've gone to like this quad system, right, to kind of like justify their picks, which amongst other like, things. But yes, yeah, amongst other things, sure, like. Um, and you know, you and I are kind of talking off air, and I just wanted to like I'm sitting here looking at Michigan, and I know that they've been a roller coaster of a team all season, right? Mm-hmm. High expectations at the beginning of the year that have gone unmet, and the seat of disappointment comes through unmet expectations, right? So, like the only way for them to I say revitalize or redeem their season would be for them to make, you know gather a couple tourney runs and see if they can build momentum with the Wolverines though, with how up and down they've been right. Like beat Purdue, beat Michigan state, but then lost to Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if they can string that point second half lead to Indiana in the big 10 tournament. Yeah. I just don't know if they can string, you know, three, four good games together to make a deep run. Could they get out of the first round against Colorado State? Yeah, I, I like they'll be the upset that I pick, right? Like I'm picking Michigan in the first round. Where do they go after that, man? I don't know. That's gonna they're gonna I'm I'm gonna call them the ultimate like coin toss, right? They are the ultimate coin toss when it gets to that second round because I'll probably be flipping a quarter. Yeah, I mean Michigan, you know, tough situation this year with they lost quite a bit of people. <laughs> And trying to replace those people while keeping your stars uh, like Hunter 
happy and involved. Uh, there's mismatches in the way they play versus what they have the personnel for. But uh, this Colorado State matchup, I really think the tallest person on their team is like six foot eight. This sounds like a dream matchup for Hunter Dickinson. <laughs> well, if they I don't think he's going to have right? any problems in this game. And as long as the rest of the team doesn't go, you know, 15% shooting from the field, I feel the Wolverines shouldn't have an issue at least winning this first game. Which is possible. Like The matchup against the three seed, different story. We'll get to that when we have to. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, so how do you feel about your Spartans, though, and their I hate matchup? It. I, I hate the force narrative. Uh, we they literally people were talking about this today before selection show even began. Of uh, it's going to be Michigan State and Davidson because Foster Lawyer went to Michigan State and now he's with Davidson and blah 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 and all. I I I, I hate it because it, it just feels like it's forced. Yeah, and they're already saying that Davidson's going to win this game. Like Davidson just lost to Richmond in their A10 championship game. I don't see why there's all this feel that they're going to do so well against Michigan State, especially if Michigan State plays the defense that Michigan State played in the Big Ten cha- uh, tournament mm-hmm. where they got back to their roots and they were focusing on defense, focusing on rebounding. Shots came, moved the ball. Uh, they're not a great shooting team. I'm talking about Michigan State. Um, right. But I think the defense alone is going to make life for Davidson's players a lot harder than people think, uh, especially well, I mean- the lawyer. <laughs> Even in that semi matchup in against Purdue, right? The, in the Big Ten championship, uh, Big Ten tournament, they they held Purdue to what 26, 27 points in the first half. Now they only scored 20, as our right. friend Paul was very quick to point out. They scored a point a minute, which is Correct. quite remarkable. <laughs> but like, and I saw the shooting in the first half, and I was like, woof, that's not good. A lot of forced threes, a lot of settling for threes when they didn't have to. Yeah, not right? much ball movement. But that second half hopefully gives you something to build on, right? Mm-hmm. And I know that there's not – like we don't like to prop up moral victories or anything like that because you play the game to win the game. But there is something to be said about momentum being built for – a tournament game and you know tom Izzo is known for getting the best out of his players when march rolls around and so hopefully for your sake you know not necessarily mine even though i'm not going to root against them <laughs> just if they play michigan Wait, I would. what if they play duke <sighs> that's going to be tough man you're going to root you know, for shashevsky you know my respect for shashevsky hey, i'm gonna need a new co-host <laughs> it's gonna work out but no, I always, I, I typically always default to rooting for Big Ten teams, regardless. That doesn't mean I necessarily pick them in the bracket, but I would root for them. You know what I mean mm-hmm. in in the game. So I, I, it's Michigan, and then it's Big Ten after that. So I get, I get you. I hear you. I'm usually like that too, especially bowl season in football. And like, you got two teams in the tournament. I do. My Arizona Wildcats. Uh, very surprising. Uh, the fact that all the, all the the stuff that happened with Sean Miller, our former coach, and mm-hmm. we still don't know hundred percent for sure what went down, but there's a lot of allegations and uh, he just unfortunately had to go. I wasn't that sad to see him go. I do like him as a coach, um, but I felt like we wasted talent. Sure. Uh, a lot of hero ball on those, on those Sean Miller teams. A lot of guys doing one-on-one stuff and Tommy Lloyd is doing the exact opposite at Arizona came over from Gonzaga um, first year with the team win the Pac-12 regular season championship, win the Pac-12 tournament championship, 
get the second overall number one seed. I still think it's a crock that we're not the number one overall. We have a much better resume than Gonzaga. I'm sorry, we played an actual conference. We played much better competition, uh, but they're Gonzaga. They've had a big name for a while because Mark Few is a phenomenal head coach and mm-hmm. has done a fantastic job of taking over that market. Unfortunately, we're both in the West. So they get the West. First game for Arizona's in San Diego, but we're in the South where eventually there's a battle against Tennessee. I have a feeling there's going to be a lot of Tennessee volunteer fans there for that battle in the South if a one versus three happens in the Elite Eight. So there's a a trend that I saw that doesn't bode well for your cats. Um, And it, and I'm not probably going to quote it exactly. You're trying to hurt me so early in the show. I'm not, but I'm hoping they buck the trend just for your sake. They started the year unranked, correct? Correct. And other teams that start the year unranked and then become a number one seed in the tournament. Mm -hmm. I don't know the exact figure, but it's rarely do they make it past the second round. Hmm. Well, I'm not concerned about that really for Arizona. For for their top, their half of the bracket, it's not a very difficult bracket. Their 8-9 is a Seton Hall uh, and a TCU. Neither one of those 8-9s scare me at all. Arizona is big. Like big March, baby. Two seven-footers. We got it's March, baby. I know it's March, but it's March. this team shares the ball better than anybody in the country. We don't rely on one person, and we have multiple guys that can step up. Sure. And even with one of our top two guards in uh, out with an ankle injury from in the Pac-12 tournament, we can rest him. This is Kirk Chrisa, by the way. We can rest him. Because the 16 matchup, we're not going to need them. That's another easy one. We got a play in winner at 16. Sure. They are not going to pull a UMBC against Virginia because Arizona is one of the highest scoring teams in the country. So good luck keep stopping that. Yeah, but wasn't Virginia a pretty high scoring team? No, no, no they they built themselves on defense. On That's defense. right. On defense and and know, then not timing great. shots that they could not hit. Like yeah. man, the lid was on the bucket that game. And I loved every minute of it. Those those retrievers, one of my favorite moments in March Madness history. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was insane, man. That was like super insane. So AJ, a couple days ago, you and I went live. We did, and we are thankful for those that joined us live. And yep, thank you to everyone who joined us. Uh, we went live for a reason, obviously, and it was the big news that baseball is back and one of the things that we were hoping would happen while we were live was some big free agency names that would start start the year off for us on the right foot bam let's go right dive right into it yeah that still really hasn't materialized the way that we hoped there are some names that have come through a lot of them in the pitching aspect of baseball um the mets the mets have been kind of busy uh you know i think it got lost with everything that's happened with the lockout but before the lockout happened they signed max scherzer you know, signed the three-time Cy Young winner to a $130 million deal. Uh, and just recently, they snagged Chris Bassett from the Oakland Athletics for mm-hmm. a couple of pitching prospects of their own. A right-hander with a good season last year, 12-4, and four, got his first All-Star game, uh, and joins a very unique Ross, uh, rotation, AJ. All mm-hmm. five of the Mets pitchers, so Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Tywin Walker, Carlos Carrasco, and now Bassett, they're all right-handers. They got no lefties going for their starting rotation. Yeah, um, which, I mean, okay. I No concern? I I don't know. I mean, 
I mean, they got a couple guys in the bullpen rotation that can be lefties. Yeah. They don't really have a starter. I mean, it's always nice to throw that mix in there, especially with the lefty, right? Keep your base runners honest, especially with the bigger bases, which is going to encourage more stealing. Um, but, you know, I just, I don't know. G- give me the best five guys to go out and build a rotation. If they're right-handed, left-handed, right-footed, I don't care. <laughs> right? Just get the ball where we need the ball. Keep the hitters at bay. Pitch the way that you need to pitch and make it happen. Right? Whether you're right-handed or left-handed, I mean, it don't matter I, to you. Just it really doesn't. It really doesn't matter to me. I'm, I'm trying to think like back to like the rotation in like 2012, 2013 that the Tigers had, and I think that was pretty righty-heavy too. Already, I mean, you had Sanchez, Verlander, Scherzer, Porcello, Fister. Already. Yeah, I mean, and they were dominant, right? Like they were pretty good. Yeah. So I. Yeah, I mean, when you're getting into the later stages of the game, you probably want some of those southpaws in in the back half of, like, your bullpen um, Mm -hmm. and things like that just to make sure that, like, you can match up. But now, like, with the universal DH, that doesn't matter as much, right? Because you don't have the double switches happening. You don't have – I mean – Yes, you're going to want your situational lefties. Like, don't get me wrong, right? You want the lefty specialists and and those kind of guys for sure. But for a rotation, man, like, Max Scherzer doesn't matter if he's right-handed or left-handed. He's dominant on anybody. Greg Maddox, it didn't matter if he was was right-handed or left-handed because he kept everybody at bay, right? Like, Mm -hmm. and I'd have to look at the numbers, but I almost want to say that Maddox with that that cut fastball that he threw inside the lefties was probably more dominant towards lefties than he was even righties. So I mean, you're talking about the Picasso of pitching. <laughs> sure. I understand that that's like, like a an picture. example, but Beautiful. like, but I mean, look, as our old friend, Jim Price will always say, it comes down to the art of pitching, right? Like you just got to know how to pitch and you got to pitch well. So does it worry me that they have five right-handed pitchers? No, to, to, start a rotation no it doesn't not at all i mean it it's not even i don't even think it's really a it, it is a talking point and it's like something that people well, okay you up, can dismiss like, my talking point it's fine <laughs> but like it's like it, you want to talk about contrived narratives right that could be one mm-hmm. right it, 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 like, it is because we get so into the analytics and we get so into the matchups and all that and there's validity in that but Give me guys that throw strikes. Give me guys that can get guys out. And I don't care if they're right-handed, left-handed, both, whatever. All right. That's... Well, uh, with with Matthew Stafford making his way to L.A., his best friend looked like he might have been Wait. making his way out of L.A. Wait, they're friends? Uh, you Is haven't it, heard? They knew each other? No, you didn't know no, this? No, I, have never, oh I have never watched a broadcast that Matthew Stafford has been on where they've <laughs> talked about some MLB pitcher being his best friend. Ever. Never <laughs> once. Well, Luckily for both of them, they get to hang out this year because the Dodgers nice. did re-sign Clayton Kershaw to a one-year deal happy for them. seventeen for them. million dollars plus incentives. It's a sure. nice deal for the thirty-three-year-old who's coming off a bit of a down year. You know, ten and eight record. That's not Kershaw-like. It's kind of playoff Kershaw-like uh, with sure. a three-five-five ERA. Not not terrible. Do you- but I mean, we're talking about a lot of wear and tear on that arm, man. Mm-hmm. A lot of wear and tear on that arm. 
um, and not good wear and tear either. I mean, we're talking back injuries. We're talking, you know, significant things that have really plagued him. You know, I mean, he missed two months between July and September due to inflammation in his forearm, returned to make a few starts, and then he he went through this palate-rich plasma injection to avoid surgery um, and is expected to be a full go for the season, according to baseball uh, trade rumors, MLB trade rumors. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, that could be a $17 million, you know, paycheck. Yeah, well... I hate to say mistake for Clayton Kershaw, right? Like he's been one of the more dominant pitchers of our time, but I mean, that's that's dangerous. Well, I think we're you know at least for Dodgers fans, I think you know they're probably looking. This is the year that Walker Bueller takes over as that ace, or one of their other younger pitchers. I mean, I think I think Kershaw's days of being the number one are probably numbered, if not done. Well, I mean, they've got they've got Bueller, they've got Julio Urias, they've got David Price, they got Tony Gonsolin. Andrew Haney and Dustin May, who's coming back from uh, Tommy John surgery as well. So, like, and not to mention, they also have Trevor Bauer, mm. who nobody knows what's happening with him yet either. No, nope. but so, like, they have a rotation, but like, David Price, you don't know what you're going to get with him. Gonson was a little bit down. Haney's a reclamation project that was with the Angels and then went to the Yankees and then now is with the Dodgers. And then Dustin May, like, the redheaded fireball thrower who's coming off a of Tommy John surgery. So you don't know really what you have with them. So really they're only like true pitcher right now that they can count on is Walker Bueller and Julio Urias a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I, it's a lot of money to invest in, in a guy, but they're not somebody that's worried about the, Luxury tax, competitive competitive balance tax. They're just gonna continue to buy as many pieces as they need to buy, and the price tag, you know, can be what it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, again, not too many large names that have gone no. so far. Um, we did talk about Rondone on Thursday night, and he is now a San Francisco Giant, two years, forty-four million dollars, with an opt-out after this year, which is a hefty price tag as well. Yeah. Um. And when I saw that price tag, I was like, I'm glad the Tigers didn't sign him. Yeah. You know, my man's logged like 100 innings or something like that over the last like couple of years. And it's like, nah, we're good. <laughs> like that money could be spent elsewhere on like a Carlos Correa. So let's let's continue to push that narrative, right? Let's right. continue to push that. Keep pushing uh, that narrative. <laughs> it's not going to happen, but we can continue to push it as much as we want because I mean, it's ideal, right? Especially with, like, you know, it was released that Green and Torkelson were non-roster invitees to spring training this last week. Um, they're going to make some noise, man. And uh, Miggy came out with a statement, and I think uh, our good buddy Don Drysdale from Detroit Sports Nation even put out a comment that, that Miggy uh, said. he They were asking him about how much time he's going to spend playing at first base, and he says, I really don't know because we want Torkelson in the lineup. Right. And when you hear Miggy saying that, Miggy knows hitting. And if he's seen Torkelson hit the ball and he's saying we want Torkelson in the lineup, he's probably going to make a lot of noise this spring. Well, And I would not be surprised, especially given the new rules of the CBA with, 
you know, the top three in the rookie of the year voting, getting a full service year, all that kind of stuff. I would not be surprised if they just are like, okay, we'll bring them up right away because that speeds up the timeline, right? Especially if there's compensatory draft picks Mm -hmm. for the Tigers, if they do burn that year of eligibility. So, um, it, bright things ahead another free agent move would be nice um but i mean they have a a decent lineup on paper decent i don't know if yeah. it's a contending lineup but it's a decent lineup well so part of that new decent lineup is a shortstop that the tigers actually did get not carlos correa javier short baez Shortstop, second baseman. Shortstop, second baseman. Uh, Let's so, continue yeah, to push that narrative. He is a shortstop, second baseman. Push that narrative because really, like at second base, I mean, Paredes. I, I, we don't really have a fire. This is our second baseman. It's Jonathan Scope. Is is going to be Scope at second? Oh yeah. I mean, he's played second base his whole career, and he is a pretty good second baseman. Now, are there better second basemen? Sure, but as far as like his quality defense along with the bat that he brings to the table. Like we're not hurting if scope is our second baseman. Okay, are we if better? If, Correa, if, if we, the second base, what are you doing with scope? Well, then we're putting him at first Roman base. first until Torkelson's ready. Putting him at first until Torkelson's ready. If Torkelson's already ready, then you're kind of, <clears throat> excuse me. Maybe they've been working Torkelson at third base. Anyways, scope maybe at third base. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like Willie Castro, if we sign Carlos Correa, Willie Castro will never see the infield again, <laughs> right? Which is not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. And it's always better, I feel, to have to try to figure it out having the pieces than to not have the pieces. Of course. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, let's sign Correa and then see where all the pieces fall. Man's asking for a hefty price tag. He is, but I mean, he's also young enough to ask for that price tag. Would I listen? I've said from the beginning, and we haven't been doing this show that long, but would I go 10 years on Carlos Correa? No, I would not. I would drop the years to like seven, maybe Mm -hmm. give him a little higher average annual salary Mm -hmm. and see if we can make a deal that way because he's. Man, I'm going to get this wrong. He's 27, I think. I don't want another Miggy, right? But mm-hmm. I'll pay him till he's 34. I might get one down year out of that if he starts to fall off. Maybe mm-hmm. two, but I'm going to get five pretty good years. I, To me, that's a pretty good return on investment. Okay, so why no love for Baez? I mean- oh, I love Baez. No, I love Baez. Don't get I don't I don't want to I don't want to sound like I do not love bias. You definitely sound like you don't love bias. <laughs> no, I do love bias and I thought that it was a great signing. Especially when they said we're out on Correa, they went and got Javi, who's good and his approach at the plate in the latter half of the season last year where he was drawing more walks is important to this discussion, right? Cuz right. the Tigers were a team for a long time that were not drawing walks. Now, I read a statistic from a guy on Twitter that Baez is a four war player. And if he walked like two more times per month and his OB, his on base percentage goes up, he becomes a five war player and adds another win above replacements, which is important. Mm -hmm. He's a good player. And I don't think that his power is going to be contained by Comerica. 
But the fans do have to understand that a lot of times with Javi Baez, it is a lot of boom or bust. Right. Well, that, and that's why I'm glad you brought up about, you know, what what you saw this at the end of the year with, with Javi because he kind of toned that down, that boom or bust at City Field, started right. spreading the ball around the field right. as opposed to going boom or bust. His strikeouts right. were way down. His yep. batting average shot up. Like he and, – and I'm not saying City Field and Comerica Park are identical parks. Obviously, it's baseball. There are no identical parks. But for the spacing and having room to spread the ball throughout the field – Comerica is right up there. It is. and But what you're getting with Javi is great defense, mm-hmm. which is important. Time glove winner? I'd have to look, but I mean. Pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, he's. Back-to-back he's got I think, a, Cubs in uh, 18 and uh, 19. Yeah, he's got a great glove. He, you know, is exciting. He brings energy, right? Something that this team has, like, other than Akil Badu coming up last year, mm-hmm. has really lacked is that energy. And, I mean, you put Akil Badu and Javi Baez on the base pass together, <laughs> it's going to be a freaking circus, man. Like, it's going to be like, come watch. Well, yeah, and, and from everything I'm reading, Baez is excited to play with Mickey as well. He's excited to, you know, kind of pick his brain and – learn from you know one of the best players over the last 20 years uh so he's saying all the right things for wanting to be a tiger yeah understanding where we are and where we want to be because look last year 77 wins that was definitely at least 10 wins above what i think any of us predicted age the most optimistic of us predicted like 65 wins so to be Mm -hmm. that close to 500 is fantastic and the tigers are making moves to improve upon that another one is the signing of Eduardo Rodriguez. Sure. That's another big name. You know, five years we're getting for him for 77 mil. He's only 28 years old. Coming up yep. a down year, you know, with, with the Red Sox, only 13 and eight, almost a but five ERA. But coming to a relatively pitcher's park. Right. And also coming off another year of being healthy after a bit of a health scare in the COVID shortened season where he right. had COVID related, you know, illnesses as well. But I mean, you're talking about a guy who in 2019 finished, you know, sixth in the Cy Young voting. He was 19 and six. You know, he he's shown he's one of the better pitchers. And if he gets back towards those numbers, right, pretty good in the Tigers uniform. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it. Look, all signs point up for the Tigers. There's like I know we've like busted on Chris Illich. He has made like some good signings. But the but just because you make good signings doesn't mean that the job's done. Right. And if you want to field a contender, then you put the best nine players on the field. It's possible. Correct. Like, in my opinion, like, uh, I don't know. Victor Reyes has a lot to prove to me this year. And I'm very hesitant to say this, but I'm like, I'm feeling... I don't think that man should be on an MLB roster. I mean, he's a lot to prove in general. He played all of, what, 76 games last year, you know. So he only had 200 at-bats for us. You're not going to get much from that. His job got taken by a guy who had not been above double-A double A baseball. <laughs> That's not a good look. <laughs> but he's a big body. He switch hits. He could hit for power if he didn't have, like, a negative seven launch angle, right? <laughs> So, I mean, the fact that he's 
if Green comes up, he's our fourth outfielder, potentially. Mm-hmm. If Green doesn't come up, he's for sure our fourth outfielder. I mean, the, the, those are the kind of things I'm talking about, right? Like, you still got those, like, loose ends that need to be, like, just chopped off. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, but, you know, from the signing so far, things are looking in the right direction for our Tigers. They definitely uh, are. And, uh, you know, free agency really just kind of getting underway. Uh, haven't seen too many big splashes yet. Still don't know where Correa is going. Uh, so never know. Never know. Never know. Fingers crossed. Come to Detroit, Carlos. We want you here. I'm saying, I keep asking, Chris, why am I paying a dollar more for my hot and ready? If it's for Carlos Correa, I understand. I'm okay with it. For sure, right? I mean, it's still not great pizza, but if it gets Carlos Correa here, I'll buy one. Right, exactly. No problem. I'll drop six fifty. Right there, you go. <laughs> uh, AJ, yes, sir. Golfer. I I'm am a golfer. golfer. We've golfed before. Uh, we've golfed before. Um, did you beat me? I did. By how many? I don't remember. I think it was four. I think I want to say four strokes. That's probably correct. My miserable back nine after a, a much better than advertised front nine, and that was only because <laughs> I lost a ball in the middle of green grass. You also had a take, parrot next to you talking the entire time you're trying the to swing. Entire time I'm trying to swing. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there because we're talking about people who actually know how to go. Well, that's what I was gonna say is that they didn't look it if you've been watching any of the players Ooh. this week <laughs> this weekend. These poor guys. Jeez. Now for those that don't watch golf, I you know, sorry, golf goes from Thursday Till Sunday. There's four mm-hmm. rounds. All right. You play 18 holes each day. That was not happening this weekend in Florida, where the rain came and came and came some more, and the cold weather came with it. And after the end of Friday, which is supposed to be the end of round two, there were still 44 players that hadn't finished round one. <laughs> so we are playing until Monday. They're doing their best to get it done. And uh, the players always entertaining. If Famous 17th hole, Island Green. Yeah. I have seen so many balls go in the water. At this point, I, I've decided that if I ever play that course, I am just aiming to the left, AJ. I'm going to that left area right there. Because here's the thing. There's an 80% chance my ball's going in the water anyway, so I'm going to end up in that left area hitting three. I'd rather be there hitting two. Sure. I get that. But here's the thing, man, right? Like, you talk about the conditions. You go on a 55-hour rain delay, Right. <laughs> And then the weather turns cold on you when you expect it to be warm-ish in Florida, right? But you're at this beautiful course, TPC Sawgrass. Stunning. And and I don't know if you saw yesterday. I don't know if you saw yesterday, but that 17th Island Green, right? That's what Mm -hmm. it's famous for. 18-mile-per-hour wind in the face. Mm -hmm. And you can't feel it from the tee box. No, and you can't feel it. And, I mean, you're talking about professional golfers who are coming up 40 yards short. 40 yards short. These guys have 40 yards short, 30 yards to the right. I saw one guy hit a ball like our buddy Paul straight to the right. Like, just terrible. And, like, these guys have their clubs dialed in. Like, they know within the yard of how where their ball's going, right? Yep. And these guys are coming up that like 
I would not want to be playing TBC Sawgrass this week. Oh, I would I not would. want to. But I'm a glutton for punishment. <laughs> I, I mean, it's a beautiful course. I ha- had the fortune when my brother played at U of M to actually tour their clubhouse and like the players' locker room and all that kind of stuff there, which was amazing because they have a, a a club from all the winners. So I got to see like mm-hmm. Lefty's Wedge, and I got to see Tiger's Wedge, and I got to see like a an iron from Jack, and like so like that kind of stuff was cool, right? But yeah. I mean, being there this weekend, no thank you. I would take my clubs and walk home. I wouldn't want to be a spectator this weekend. Just You're just suffering out there. Oh, man. Until, like, imagine? Tomorrow. tomorrow's supposed to be nice. Tomorrow's going to be a whole different ball game for the players. It's not going to be that cold. It's not going to be as windy because we gusts of over 45, 60 miles an hour during this tournament so far. It's going to be a lot easier conditions tomorrow where these golfers are going to get to show that they know what they're doing. But if you're someone like my wife who enjoys watching them suffer and playing much more like a mortal plays golf, she she loves, she lives for this. I mean, but let's be very clear. They're struggling, but the leader's still at minus nine. Right. It, it get, there's definitely a big luck of the draw of when you are playing and how it's there affecting is. the game. There is a luck of the draw, but, I mean, these guys know the conditions. They know how to take their medicine when they need to take their medicine. And, I mean, is it Lahiri? Yeah. Who's leading, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Hoagie's one back. Varner the third's tied for second there at one back. So, I mean, not a lot of big names. Paul Casey's the first, like, big name that comes up. You know, keep an eye um, on JT, though. Oh, yeah. Always JT keep an eye is, on JT. He, he is running this course right now with what he's done, the shots <laughs> that he's hit, and playing in bad conditions and still putting up the scores he's put up. Yes. So with the conditions getting better for tomorrow, I'm going to look for Justin Thomas to make a run. So, Matt, just so you know, right down the street from TPC Sawgrass mm-hmm. is the World Golf Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And this it's last week, I'm sorry. I got a few new members, actually. They do have a few new members, but only one that truly matters. And his name is Tiger Woods. Now, I don't know about you. Actually, I do know about you because we've discussed this previously. But for me, in growing up, there is no other athlete that I have looked up to more in their golf athletics. Okay. Not their personal life Mm -hmm. but then tiger woods because i appreciate excellence and i appreciate dominance and what that man did during my high school years and my like coming of age time just to see the absolute like almost perfection to an extent Mm -hmm. right um was incredible i i really truly um you know, I followed him when, um, man, I'm, it's all running together for me right now. But was was the broken leg that was at Tory Pines, right? Yep, I was there. Two thousand eight against Rocco Mediate. Okay, it yep. was two thousand eight. I remember rushing home because it was primetime golf, right? We had church. I ran home as quick as I could and finished. I think I caught him on like seventeen. Mm-hmm. And he's like hobbling, hobbling, hobbling. And then he hit that putt. And I was just like got chills. And I was like, oh my god. Sports Monday. Yeah. From this moment on, I am like a Tiger Woods fan. And I just everything Tiger Woods I consumed from that moment on. 
like his documentary, like highlights on YouTube, trying to emulate his swing, right? Like every practice with the Mariners. I'm sorry. Batting practice with the Mariners. I didn't watch that, but oh, you didn't, didn't watch that. It wasn't golf related. I I had moved out of my athletic career and knew that golf was like my new thing. So I wanted to be, I wanted to follow the best. And for me, there was nobody better. So I'm a little older than you. Um, so my, my baptism of fire with Tiger Woods was his master's win in 1997. I was 15. Um, before that, my favorite golfer was Payne Stewart. Mm-hmm. And Payne Stewart passed away years ago. So if you don't know who he is, I understand. But he wore the traditional golf garb. You know, he had the, the knickers and the shirt that matched and the hat with a little ball on top and it flopped around the ends. And But he had the Died most careless thing I've ever seen. Died in a plane crash. Yes. Absolutely effortless swing, and I wanted that swing so badly. Heard of Tiger Woods in 96, the year before he really got going, uh, and then watched the Masters and watched the first black man ever to win the Masters and not only win the Masters, but romp the field by 12 strokes at 21 years old. Mm -hmm. And then he goes on to add to that greatness and wins the career Grand Slam at the age of 24, fittingly, at the old course at St. Andrews, where golf began to complete his Grand Slam. And then he wins the Tiger Slam, which went from the 2000 U.S. Open to the 2000 British Open, or Open Championship, to the 2000 PGA, to the 2001 Masters. He won. He owned all four pieces of hardware for the, a year of golf. Mm-hmm. And he just kept adding to it. If I mentioned a chip at the Masters... You know which chip I'm talking about? Yes. The one that was a perfect Nike commercial because it actually stopped at the logo before rolling over it and into the hole? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> he's just uh, a marketing machine, man. That's all okay. he is. And he was he's the Michael Jordan of golf. He is. And you made golf I, cool. You marketed golf through him. The game yes. exploded exponentially exploded. with young golfers and young golfers who were not white. And I got and to see the Tiger live out Tiger. of Oakland Hills for the Buick Open mm-hmm. um, one year and wanted to we, – we were there all day. Uh, and you knew when Tiger was on the course. And you knew, like, the crowd. I mean, nobody – it's just a buzz when he comes by. The thing for me with Tiger Woods was this. I was watching his documentary, Tiger, right? DVD set, mm-hmm. I'm watching it. And his caddy, Stevie Williams, was saying – we had the 2000 Pebble Beach coming up and the week before he was gearing up at some tournament or maybe it was two weeks before. And we went into that tournament playing only shots that we would play at Pebble Beach and won by double digits. And I was like, my goodness, you're not even playing shots for the course that you're playing. You're playing shots to practice for Pebble Beach and still beat everybody by double digits. And I think that's the year in the U S open that he got to like, didn't did he get to 20 under or like uh, maybe not that high but like he got to double digits he had lapped the field by like i think it was 18 under yeah and everybody else was like plus one plus two mm-hmm. it was like a complete runaway yeah and just the dominance is just something that is incredible to me just incredible the way that he like we read i sent you the thing this week right where he was talking about 
in his Hall of Fame speech that there were some courses that wouldn't let him dress in the dressing room. And so he would show up to the course and ask two questions. Where's the first tee? And what's the course record? Mm-hmm. Like, that's that's mind-blowing to me. Yeah. No, but what Tiger Woods did for golf is, is really immeasurable. It is. It's un, it's it's hard to explain just how much he did for golf. And you know, he gave us the ups and the downs, and the downs sure. got really, really down. And oh, yes, they did. Because of that, really, really down, we got a new era of golf. Mm-hmm. And you got Rory McElroy, and you got Dustin you Johnson, know, Justin Jordan Johnson, Spieth. Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, Justin Thomas. You got Adam all these young, this young blood to come in and take over the mm-hmm. game, and it was different, and it was exciting to watch these young cats go. And whenever, but there was always that that one eye on if Tiger comes back and. There have been different times where he came back from injuries and whatnot. And, you know, he this guy had five knee surgeries. He's had sure. five back surgeries. <clears throat> the amount of torque that he put on his body to smash the ball, they lengthened courses because he was too long for him. All the stuff he did for the game. But when he came back and we witnessed that Masters mm-hmm. where the young cats finally understood what a Tiger crowd was because they'd never seen one, not outside of television right. like you and I or being part of that Tiger crowd, they hadn't played against Tiger Woods with a Tiger crowd. And I remember just looking at their faces and just being an absolute awe and amazement of playing with that many people around them, that close to them, that much noise and that much pressure and thinking, this man's had to do this since 1998 because that's when the crowd started catching on. About a year after he really got going, they started catching on about 98, 99, and all of a sudden everything blew up. And he did things you never saw in golf. Yeah. And if he had a lead on Sunday, it's a wrap. It's yeah. an absolute wrap. You were Except not. Except for get. that one PGA uh, championship. Y. Yang? Yeah. I think Y.E. Yang is the one. Yeah. And he's never come from behind, I don't think, in a major to win it. On Sunday. On Sunday. On Sunday, I don't think. No. No. And look, we can but, do the argument, the Tiger Jack argument. Ti- Tiger's got three less majors. Jack has 19 second places to go with his 18 majors, which is ridiculous. That is ridiculous. And to me, there is no wrong answer. You want to say it's Tiger? Fine. You want to say it's Jack? Fine. I'll take either one of them <laughs> on a Sunday. But for sheer golf excitement and entertainment, an entertainment of watching around. You're a hard pressed to say there was someone better than Tiger Woods. Very hard pressed. And rightfully so. He's in the World Golf Hall of Fame. It was, you know, same thing with us talking about Tom Brady. It's a yeah, matter it of time. Ron James, it's a matter of time. We already yeah. knew this was going to happen. It finally did happen. And thankfully, after his last crazy headline with the Kia going over the side, didn't have to lose his leg. Saw that beautiful moment with him and his son playing. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, hopefully, we'll get a few more Tiger Woods moments on uh, hopefully Masters Sunday. <laughs> if that Kia moment doesn't happen, Matt, could he get one or two more? I don't the think Masters he can. Absolutely, enough. it's the, ma- the 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 answer is yes because of Augusta. Okay, it's the same reason that Fred Couples. You go look at Fred Couples and what he goes to the Masters. Sure. He knows how to play that course. Tiger yeah. Woods knows how to play Augusta National. Now, the answer is always yes. And if it goes the, to a place like Pebble Beach, the answer is yes there as well. St. Andrews. 
St. Andrews is answer. Yes, there are courses where it matters, and Tiger knows how to play. For sure. Well, that's that one stat. He won one of his open championships and hit two drivers all week long. Just, one for the wind and one for when the wind was dying down? I guess. I don't Probably. know. Or maybe just because he wanted to, right? <laughs> like, sometimes I'll pull a club out of my bag and be like, ask me why I'm hitting a six iron. And you're like, why am I hitting a six iron? Because I haven't hit it today, right? <laughs> maybe that was the situation with the driver. He's like, you know what? It's been 14 holes. Let me let the big dog eat for a second. And I will still say you are a weird person if you focus on what clubs you haven't hit today to try to get them fair play as if it's some softball league and you want to make sure all the kids get to play. <laughs> no, I rarely play that way. But I just like when it's frustrating. You know I'm frustrated when I go ask me what club I'm hitting and ask me why because it's been a very frustrating day. So, yeah, congrats to Tiger. Well-deserved. I'm ecstatic for you. I it was nice to see the human side of Tiger in his speech. You know, his daughter introducing him, mm -hmm. his boy Charlie sitting there, his mom sitting in the crowd as well. And then you saw the humanity, which, I mean, is nice That's to see. That's Tiger gave us that, you know, we yeah. weren't getting before the the big news that right. hit in, in 2009, Thanksgiving. If you don't know, go ahead and look it up. I'm not going to rehash it. But, I remember that day like it was yesterday because we were decorating my family's tree. And the I if I'm not mistaken, the Iron Bowl was on. It was Alabama versus Auburn, and they cut from it and were like, Tiger Woods has been involved in a car accident, and it turned out it really wasn't a car accident. And then the floodgates opened. But right. he has not gonna dive on. into that, but no. because of that, right, we got to see a different side of Tiger once he came back. Yes, we did. And it was a warmer side of Tiger. Mm -hmm. It was a more endearing side of Tiger. It wasn't just this menace on the golf course that had a scowl. You know, Tiger and Kobe kind of have some similarities with they how do. they are with, in, in their profession. For Kobe's final year, Kobe gave us a softer side. Sure. And looking back now with all the tragedy that struck, yes, thank God he did. Yes. Because we at least got that for one year where we got to see Kobe being a little more like a Magic Johnson a little more yeah. like a LeBron James, smiling more, having fun with people. Tiger has given us that since all of that drama happened. Mm -hmm. We got to see a different side of Tiger as opposed to the side that we were used to seeing of, I mean, Tiger throwing hissy fits. That man threw <laughs> hissy fits on the golf course. <laughs> yes, Tiger, he did. Known for his hissy fits as well. But Tiger threw some hissy fits on the golf course. Wasn't exactly role model-esque on the golf course right. at times. But we got to see a, a different warmer side, and especially now, with the kids, with his son playing, with Charlie playing, right. you know, we're going to get to see that a lot more. And I'm thankful for it because we've Me seen too. everything he can give us to the game of golf. He owes us nothing. He can't nothing. give us anything more. It's just all icing on the cake at this point. Another major, another Masters. If he gets the Jacks 18, I don't think it's going to happen. But, you know, give us one more win to pass Sam Snead, who he's tied with for first all-time with 82 right. PGA Tour victories. You know, hopefully there's one more so he gets it outright number one. It's amazing to think what would have happened if none of this stuff happened and it was just a sheer focus. But like I said, that man put himself through torture to be the best at this. Five knee surgeries, five back surgeries. Jack had his first back surgery at 44. Like it's just, it's, it's insane what he did to himself to be what he became, which is sure. top two golfer all time. And you can argue one or two. 
I would agree with you. All right, Matt. So I think that's it, AJ. I think we're done. I think we are. You want to go ahead and sign us off? Yeah. So, AJ Riley, Matt Bazin, we're straight shooting. Don't forget to find us, follow us, like us on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube for the full apps. And, AJ, what's our TikTok? Real Detroit Sports Nation. All right. You got it there. We're on TikTok as well. Uh, thank you guys for spending time with us, and we'll see you all real again real soon.